And welcome back. This is Things Christians Want to Know, and I am excited to be back. How about you, Paul? I am too. Got some good things to share. We have been talking about parenting the last couple of weeks, and we've been uh, talking about it a lot, Paul and I, just on our own and in various contexts. And there's there's so much stuff, so much stuff to talk about, so many fun stories. Um, one of the things that we addressed last week, just at the end, that I wanted to bring up now is that... I have failed a lot at parenting. Uh, one of the things I've failed at is, I'm not really sure how to put words to it, but um, I've allowed myself to snap at my kids from time to time, and I don't like doing that. Um, I don't yell at them. I don't yell but I have raised my voice, I guess I would say. <laughs> There's a difference mm-hmm. between screaming at someone and, and raising your voice. I've definitely raised my voice, and I don't want to. I don't do that with, with my wife. Never done that with my wife. Maybe once or twice ever have we raised our voices at each other. Because That's a good record. Oh, it's a very, we, we just had our 20th anniversary, so I mean, that's I'm impressed by it. Yeah. But I give the credit to God and to... The fact that before we got married, we made a lot of promises to each other mm. that we... And you're actually keeping them. That we tried to keep and we would check in on it. Wow. And one of them was that we would never intentionally allow ourselves to hurt each other mm. with our words. And that's a hard one to live up to My. because when you, when the other person does something that you don't like, it's really, really tempting to snap back at them in a way that you know would hurt them and no one can hurt you like your spouse can hurt you. Except maybe a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made a promise that we wouldn't do that to each other. And we and I know that I am not capable of fulfilling that promise. Because I'm just not that good <laughs> of a person, okay? Um, Paul's like, I know. I know you. Um, and so I had to rely on the Lord to help me with that. Mm-hmm. And so every time I would get upset or I would be tempted to to raise my voice or to yell, or to bring something up from the past that I knew would really get her, right? I would get on my knees and say, God, I, 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 I need you. Throw, me, throw, you. Me, throw me a lifesaver. Throw me a lifesaver. I need you because I am about to just be really stupid um, and do something that will affect our relationship for pro- probably weeks, maybe more. Um, and so when I was, when we got married, we, I was really intentional about that and, and we've done a really good job. But for some reason, when it came to parenting, I haven't always done the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when it's a bigger issue, I do. And I get on my knees and I ask God for help for sure. And we've all been through issues with our kids, specific things, uh, whether it's biting or mooning. And I say that with a smile on my face, but I, we may or may not have had an incident with multiple episodes of mooning other kids in school, which oh it turns out they don't like that. Um, and other things too, worse things, uh, uh, self-esteem problems. And, 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 you know, parenting is hard. And when those hard things come up, I do what I always do when a hard, something hard comes up. I get on my knees because I know I can't figure it out and I can't do it on my own. That is so good. And I have found that the Holy Spirit is actually really, really willing, really willing to help. He's mm-hmm. the great counselor 
and the great comforter. So he will comfort us in our need, but he will also help us. And it, it's almost as if God is always with us, ready to help us. It's yes. almost as if that were the case. <laughs> um, sarcasm. Um, and so I have found him so faithful that I just go to him all the time and ask. That's except, so wonderful. Except when I'm absorbed in something else in myself. And so if I am really busy doing something or if I am really frustrated with something or if I've got 10 plates spinning and I'm late and I or or any of those kind of things, then I get caught off guard and that's when I find that when when Andrew asks me the same question that he has literally asked me 5 times in the last 10 minutes and I've given him the answer each time and somehow he hasn't heard it. This happens like daily. <laughs> um then I then He'll, Something snaps. I'll, I'll snap. And I, I, I don't mm-hmm. snap like explode, but I'll snap at him. Andrew, I have answered this question five times. Don't ask me again. That is potentially hurtful. It can wound a child. It can. Because, ooh, I, that was that was a little sharper than I was expecting. You know, it's like when you walk around and you step on a Lego. <laughs> That's happened to um, you. Ste- you, ow, ow! I was not expecting that. This was supposed to be a safe floor, and I yeah. stepped on something out. I, I, Dad is supposed to be safe, and I apparently did something wrong because I made him snap. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the things that I regret, yeah. and and I, and I find that for some reason they sneak up on me, and they keep sneaking up on me. And so my only, the only way I've been able to fix this and and listeners, maybe you have more wisdom in this area than I do. Um, So please offer your comments uh, on your own experiences. But I have found that I need to preemptively, when I am feeling frustrated or when I am feeling stressed or whatever it is, I need to preemptively go to the Lord and say, don't let me do anything that I'll regret later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't let me say something in anger. Don't let me say something flippant, not listening. Cause that's another thing that I'll sometimes do is they'll say something and I'll just answer them just to get them off my case so that I can do something else. And so I didn't snap, but I also didn't show them that I cared about what them or what they were saying. Mm-hmm. I just gave them information. I w- I Googled for them, you know, yeah. dad, what, what, what about this? Blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not a dad answer. That's a Google answer. You know, a dad answer is I stop what I'm doing and I look at them in the face and I listen to what they have to say. And then I, you know, say, yeah, so what do you think about that? How does that make you feel? You know, and I, and I interact with them and that's, that's the dad response. And I want to give that, I want to parent them and I want them to know that I care about what they care about. um, And I don't want to just answer them like a Google search. Good for you. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you um, so mean. These that's, are these are two, excellent. These are two confessions of things yeah. that I'm really working on, but I have found that God is so faithful to help. And I so, love that you go to your knees. I have to. I stink. Yeah. <laughs> I stink without God. I'm I'm pretty useless without Him. So, and sadly, you would think that we would do that more often. Mm-hmm. And I have to acknowledge I don't do that often enough. I'm humbled by what you're saying. Because I want to go to my knees more often. Well, may we all do that. Yes. And so that's my recommendation to you, to everybody listening. If you don't know how to do it, or if you feel like you're doing certain things wrong, first of all, 
welcome to the club that involves every parent who ever lived. Okay. Yep. <laughs> None of us are perfect. We all mess up. Uh, many of us mess up, mess up habitually. Um, but we can all get better wherever we're at. We can improve. And the answer to all improvement is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost a Sunday school answer. How do we get better at parenting? Jesus. <laughs> but it's, guess what? It's actually true. Turns out he's the answer to just about everything. Um, and so if we come to the Lord, he really, he really is faithful to help. I dare you. I dare you to try it. Try it for the next month. Mm-hmm. When you come into problems regarding parenting, um, when you look back on your day and you're like, ooh, that one wasn't great. I didn't listen at all to what they said, or I did and I snapped or whatever it is, or I wasn't ever home because I chose to do something for myself instead of something for my kids and sacrifice like I should have. Whatever it is, ask God to help. Ask him to give you wisdom and ask, ask him to give you courage and strength. Do it for a month and, and I bet you anything you will see improvement. And I'd like to add something to that. Yeah. When you see that you've done something where you have blown it, ask them to forgive you. Ask God to forgive you? Or ask, ask your, your kids. kids mm. Go to them and say, I was wrong. My parents never, never raised their voices with us. Never. They didn't yell at us. And I don't know what the situation was, but I yelled at Naomi once. Mm-hmm. And it crushed me to think that I would have done that. I yelled at her, and I just was broken afterwards at what I'd done. And so I went to her, and I said, Naomi, I am very—she was crying. Mm. And I said, Naomi, I am very sorry that I yelled at you. And God helps me, I'll never do that again. So I want to be willing to acknowledge— uh, where I failed. In fact, one time we had a dramatic shift in our family. We were getting up from the dinner table, and the kids said, well, Dad, are you going to play with us? And I looked down at the game, and it was this Settlers of Catan. Which, good game, by the way, Paul. You should a good it a game. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever play it. I know it's a three-hour <laughs> game, and I don't have time for three-hour games. Sorry. And I said, no. And they go, oh, you never. I said, no, I want you to come in the family room right there and we're going to talk. And they said, oh, that sounds like fun. And I said, no, let's try it. So they reluctantly came in. Four of the kids, uh, six kids were there. And here's what I heard coming out of my mouth. I didn't anticipate saying this. But here's what I heard myself saying. I want you to tell me where I have failed you as a father. Whoa. This is, this is fairly recently, right? This is 2012, 2013. Yikes. I guess. So uh, you would have thought that they would have waited a few seconds before jumping in, but they did not wait for a moment. <laughs> this was their chance. Kara started, and she said, the we're youngest. not a hugging. He's the youngest, yeah. We're not a hugging family. And I wanted to say we're not a what? But I knew I couldn't. I knew I'd already exposed myself. And so I said, really? And I looked over to Andrew, and I said, is she right? And he said, yes. So somehow, you know I'm a hugger. Yeah. 
but I hug my kids you'll hug, less. You'll hug anything that moves and some things that <laughs> yeah, don't. That's right. That's right. But I wasn't hugging my kids as much as I was hugging others, apparently, which is what oh. my, my own father did. Hmm. And I learned it from my dad. Who and was so, also a pastor. Yes. And so I said, I'm very sorry. That's hmm. going to change. And then Andrew said, we know you love us. So I'm bracing myself now yeah, for what he's there's, there's a big butt <laughs> yes. rearing its head here. And what he said was, sometimes it feels like you love them more. Hmm. And them is the 100-plus kids that we're gathering every week in our basement. And they could see the joy in my heart. They could see the excitement preparing for it. And afterwards, I would talk about it. And so they maybe had a moment where they wondered, well, he loves us, but does he love us that much? And I said... Very, this is very common for pastors. And that, that really went deep. That, yeah. that, that hurt me good. And I said, I'll tell you, I love you more. And over the next weeks and months, I'm going to prove it to you. So we met two weeks after that. And I said, I want all six kids here. And I want you to tell us where we've done well and where we have not done well. Man, you're you're like a masochist or something. <laughs> Listen, that I wish every parent could have that kind of a meeting. It was a wonderful meeting. They were kind to us. They affirmed us. And then they said, here's what we think could have been done better or could be done better. Mm. It was a wonderful time. And then they prayed for each one of the, the siblings one at a time. And uh, I want to say to dads and moms that uh, if you expect your kids to be vulnerable, you lead the parade. My uh, favorite professor at seminary, Dr. Howard Hendricks, said the first thing that he would do when he mentored a student is to share one of his failures. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. So that they wouldn't feel like they would have to hold back mm -hmm. because here's this wonderful person that doesn't have any anything to talk about, no failures. So that uh, helped to change the atmosphere. Yeah, because if your kids see that you're willing to share and talk about what you're struggling with, then they'll be more likely to talk about what they're struggling with. That's and you right. won't find out after the fact that they were on drugs after being tempted for years and be like, I never knew. Yes. Which is what you hear parents say all the time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we were better at being vulnerable with our own struggles with our kids, that they would see that and they would feel more comfortable, more open, more safe yes. to share things with us. I only wish this happened years before. Well, I think it's great, Paul, but I, I think it's so great. I think it's heroic what you did with your kids because I've never heard anybody do, of anybody doing this. I've never yeah. even heard of it before. Yeah. Well, I got, I mean, I'm sure other people have done it, but not in Minnesota. I, I think got this tricked. was a first. I got tricked. Well, you a little bit. The Holy Spirit, I think, <laughs> tricked you into into opening this can of worms. <laughs> and your parent and or your your kids rather being so good at sharing, they jumped right in. <laughs> yes. Um, and good on you for for taking the lumps and not see because this this would be the thing. Most of us would be tempted to get defensive and to explain ourselves and to try and to try to justify 
I wanted to. I bet you did. I did. But I knew I couldn't. I knew I'd ruin the evening if I did. And somehow God helped that me would, uh, ooh, to keep my so mouth hard. shut. It would be so hard not yeah. to do that. And that is um that is very Jesus like. That's Jesus on the cross taking mm. uh, taking the beatings and taking the stab and taking the whip, knowing he could stop it at any minute. Yeah. But that he had to take it for what was going to happen next. Yeah. Well, don't give me too much credit. I'm just <laughs> thankful that it happened. Well, I, I'm, and, I'm saying I've never heard of anybody doing this. I mean, even just saying I'm sorry to your kids is pretty far for a lot of people I know, at least. Yeah. Um, because there's, there's, this, there's this idea among Christians, I think, that we have to be the example. And, and so that means we never fail. We never yes. do anything wrong. Yes. Yes. Say more. It's true. And, it's and true so, that we 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 don't we hide. Yes, we like the Pharisees. Do. We hide the weaknesses. No, so we do the opposite of what you're talking about, and we think it's right. We think it's righteous. Yes, to to appear as if we're perfect, and and I think that we think that if the kids think we've got it all together, they'll feel more secure. Mm-hmm. But they're eventually going to realize Taint that, true. that they don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. And so how are they ever going to relate to you, yeah. perfect person who never gets anything wrong? Not only that, but eventually they'll also figure out you ain't got it all together either. Do you know what Israel and said? And now they realize you're a faker. Israel came to us in tears. He had been struggling. He went through some tough times. He came to us crying. Hmm. And he said, I thought... I was the flawed child in a flawless family. Mm. And I said, Israel, didn't I ever share my struggles with you? He said, no. Didn't, didn't you ever talk to your brothers? Didn't they ever share their struggles? No. How sad mm. that we had not learned vulnerability enough to help this young man. And by God's grace, he was willing to acknowledge that. And so we could then share some struggles and include him in this very flawed family that was living in the grace and mercy of God. Hmm. That I told him, we don't live here by the merit system. We live by the mercy system. And there's plenty of mercy for you. That's really good. Is that one of the events that sort of led you to this realization of how important vulnerability was? I assume this was before your, tell me where I failed. Conversation. I, I do not know where where it came uh, uh, because also there was a time when Andrew, as I shared with you before, yep. Andrew shared was very vulnerably with his siblings that he was sorry for being a poor elder brother and he wanted to enter the new year better. And uh, that then led to Gabriel sharing two weeks later. He said, thank you, Andrew. I, I too want to share. So I I don't know what came first. I think that came first, and then Israel's situation and and mine uh, came some months later. But it created an atmosphere in our home. I'll tell you, it was Humility. life-changing. Humility, yeah. life-changing. It changed it. It changed our culture mm. radically. Well, and it's, I mean, it's having a lot, a lot of effect on our church and on, on a lot of people that we interact with. Well, I, I preach and on it. me. I preach it. Wouldn't, it, it wouldn't have occurred to me to yeah. Yeah. ask the kids where I failed. It wouldn't even have occurred to me to 
and this sounds bizarre saying this out loud, but it wouldn't have occurred to me until a few years ago when you started talking about this to say I'm sorry to my kids. Mm. Because even I don't know why. (laughs) It just wouldn't it wouldn't have really occurred to me. Whereas now, you know, when I snap at them or when I do that, I come back and I say sorry. And Mm. they'll say, We know, we know. Mm. We forgive you. Mm. And that takes a lot of humility. Yeah. Because it because what I want to say is, I'm really sorry I did that, but the reason I did is because of these things you were doing wrong. Sure. That's what yeah. I would like to Excuse say. Excuse yourself. Right, exactly. But that's not how I want them to be. Of <laughs> and course. So I need to I need to be take the high road. And, and and I've done it before and maybe I haven't done it enough. I probably need to make sure that I'm on that and doing it enough. But but it's it's been good. And the kids the kids respond really well to it. And I that's what I want to teach them. I don't want to teach them to try their best to be perfect. Oh, I want to teach them to oh, be humble oh, and to know that they really need Jesus on, to help them. Come on. So that they can learn that growing up so that when they get to college and they're all off on their own in the big scary world, that they already know that they need Jesus to make it because they're not perfect. I'm As, so glad we got on this, Nate. I'm I'm so glad that we're sharing this. And uh, I, I'm, I want to reach out to moms and dads and say that you can be vulnerable. It's not cheap to be vulnerable with your children. Mm-hmm. The word vulnerable comes from the word vulnus. Uh, vulnus is the word for wound in Latin. And you are willing, literally, to be wounded. You're, you're opening yourself up. You become a target. So you're exposing yourself rather than hiding. It's the opposite of hiding. It's the opposite of Pharisees, who were the Hippocrates, the hypocrites. They were hiding behind this air of religiosity, and they were phonies. And the last thing children need are phony parents. And so I urge you to share where you have struggled. Mm-hmm. Moms, dads, share your struggles. It will create an atmosphere in your home that, yeah. uh, that will be grace-oriented rather than law-oriented. will open the door. It says in 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light, not in the darkness, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, what do we get with one another? We get koinonia, we get fellowship, we get sharing, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So, Father, our wonderful Father, you who showed vulnerability through your Son on the cross, no more vulnerable place, no more open to exposure, openness to be wounded than Jesus on the cross. Thank you for that example. And we want to learn that with our own children, to walk in openness, to walk in vulnerability, not to hide our weaknesses from them, but to share them appropriately and in the right time so that they can learn not just from our successes, but they can grow through our own failures. That's what the gospel Mm -hmm. is about. And we trust you to do this, God. Give parents the joy of what we experienced in our home when we began to learn more about vulnerability. We bless these parents. We pray that you would give them hope where they have failed. Give them hope that they can succeed, that they can do it well, they can do it right, and you can honor them 
In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Amen. Uh, we'll keep talking about parenting, I think, for the next couple of weeks. There's so much stuff to go through here. So we'll see you next week. God bless. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.